The O3C Podcast is a proud member of the HyperX Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to a very special episode of the O3C Podcast. My name is Jonathan Dunn and I'm joined for the last time, for now at least, by my wonderful friend, Minty Booth. Oi oi. Ooh, it's your boy. Can you imagine? It's me again. The gentle idiot. The sad sounding lord. Your tear stained chum. The chapstick aficionado. If wonky veg was a person. A half eaten chorizo of the soul. Christian Benteke is an overrated footballer. It's time to cast a black Mario. And curly whirlies for as long as your arm. A steaming ball of pork consomme. Don't be a Nazi. So as you know from our announcement last week, Minty will be leaving the show at the end of this season. Not forever, as he'll still be around to do guest appearances and stream some video content from time to time. And you'll, you'll certainly hear from him on the website and on social media. But we wanted to finish this season off by celebrating what an incredible contribution Minty has been to the show over the last four years. And what better way to do that than a classic clip show. <laughs> I've taken suggestions from some of our fans and pulled out some of my favourite moments of his from past episodes of the show. So let's kick it off with a great example of Minty's willfully surreal tangents. And they uh, didn't come better than when he tried to explain how to make Dragon Age Origins cutscenes a little more interesting for him. Dragon Age Origins, solid RPG that I didn't appreciate fully because I'm an idiot who can't handle lore scattered around in collectibles. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, we've all been there. It's not that it destroyed it, it's just I didn't engage with it because if I wanted to read a book, I'd read a book. I think that's a valid criticism, to be honest. (laughs) If instead of just the book, like, appearing on the screen, and instead it was like a cutscene of your character just sort of leafing through it, and maybe the text comes up on the screen and that's sort of, like, like like a cloud... Do you know what I mean? Like a cloud. I know what a cloud is. Yeah. Well, imagine a cloud, I'm but there. like in the room, and mm-hmm. instead of a cloud, it's words. Do you know what I mean? This is a vivid painting. And instead of rain, it's feelings. Yes. And instead of maybe, I don't know, Michael Fish standing in front of uh, a picture of the UK, it's you reading a book. <laughs> I mean, it sounds like you're just describing reading a book in the garden. But somebody, but you're watching yourself do it. So reading a book, but at the same time astrally projecting above yourself to watch That's yourself That's it, yes, astrally projecting yourself. So once they figure out astral projection in life, <laughs> then <laughs> we can sign you up for whatever that may hold. Yeah. And then use that as the basis for making slightly more engaging cutscenes when it comes to engaging with law in video games. That would be games. the best use, I think, yeah. Any of our <laughs> listeners, if you fancy signing my change.org petition to send to uh, <laughs> Bethsaida, Bioware, Nintendo, HAL Labs, etc., just tweet me. Just tweet me. Although he might not read it because, as we've established, Minty is not a lover of reading things <laughs> in a virtual context. Yes. <laughs> so unless unless you can have that tweet flown to him in the form of a cloud. <laughs> tweet it to my wife and ask her to handwrite it and pass it to me in a note. One of the other things I loved, certainly in the early part of the show, was when Minty would deliberately misdirect us when announcing what game he was going to be talking about. Just, I mean, just how differently could you frame the story of a classic game? Let's find out. 
Allow me to offer an abridged plot synopsis. Gosh. A tiger's parents own an island. They go on holiday and leave him in charge. Naturally, he organises races with his friends. But then, an evil wizard pig shows up (laughs) and turns the benevolent Triceratops, Octopus, Walrus and Dragon that also live there into big, like, gearhead jerks. Also, there's a rooster that's been turned into a frog and a possibly problematic caricature of an Indian elephant. (laughs) The tiger and his friends beat the evil pig in races, not only on the island, but on his home planet. The post-credit scene shows that he does not die. It's classic mid-90s. The developers are trying to fill the void in the 60s and the rave scene left in their hearts. Fair. And also, it's a scathing commentary on the white saviour complex. Much like Comic Relief, Timber the Tiger's efforts to save the island are hijacked by an already famous character who didn't do a shit of work in Diddy Kong Racing. Yes! (laughs) Diddy Kong Racing! (laughs) And his standard intros to games could be exceptional as well, like how he introduced Roller Coaster Tycoon to his list. Of course, you can't go to a theme park every day. You can't. You can't. (laughs) But what can you do every day? You can go on the computer. (laughs) (laughs) Words to live by. (laughs) And I don't know quite how this intro related to Splatoon, but uh, apparently it did. I don't know if it's just a case of my becoming old and miserable, or something to do with video games slightly homogenising, as developers realise what sells and milking those formats for everything they're worth, but I haven't really felt thrilled by a video game for years and years and years. Every new game that comes out in a beloved franchise is good, but it lacks that electric newness that I felt as a little lad playing something like Pokemon Blue, Mario 64 and others we'll get to later. I also haven't salted my food since 2016, I don't bother remembering (laughs) dreams, music is commotion and sex is just cardio. Maybe it is me after all. We had a brilliant time when we did some of our bonus levels episodes in the uh, the early days, taking a tangential look at a particular season or day in the calendar to try and connect video games to. So when we did our Easter special, Chris talked about a selection of games with eggs as the protagonist to fit the Easter theme. But Minty, Minty came at it from a different direction. So the Easter story, well, the essence of the Easter story bleeds into many great works of fiction. I mean, take, for instance, the uh, the story of the humble son who overcomes great adversity for the good of the world and then turns out to have an important dad, Luke Skywalker. <laughs> Classic. The plucky underdog that tussles with great evil in the name of love and then comes back to life after they're killed, Mario. Always. An egg? Creatures too. <laughs> <laughs> but there's nothing... Nothing that I've been able to find that really stays faithful to the Easter story as a narrative as we see it in the Gospels, as opposed to just taking the general story structure in the themes of the Passion and weaving a story around that until very recently. So this game, my Easter special, takes us behind the scenes of the turning point of the Easter story. 
You play as a prominent Roman official on his journey to the site where he lays judgment upon the Christ. The Romans were famously pioneers of aviation. So you traverse through a number of stages from the upper atmosphere down to Herod's court, flying or falling through rings, which of course um, symbolize the bureaucracy of the Roman justice system. So interestingly, the, uh, the game, as it was a Nintendo game, expunges all mention of religious narrative. So you don't actually literally condemn the king of the Jews, but the subtext is there. It's Pilot wings. <laughs> Have you played Pilot Wings? No. <laughs> and like me and Chris... Minty was also partial to throwing a bit of a curveball at the rest of us when revealing a game in our lists. A game the others had forgotten about or just plain didn't know about. And there was never a ball curvier than Minty announcing his fourth favourite video game of all time. Allow me to announce that my fourth favourite video game of all time is if Late Night BBC 2 in the 90s was a game. Space Station Silicon Valley. Unbelievable. I've never heard of it. <laughs> I I wanted to play it for years and I have never ever booted it up. Goodness me. In any capacity. What a curved ball. <laughs> <laughs> this was not on my prediction list, Minty, I'll say that. Oh, yeah. Goodness yeah. me. <laughs> Goodness me, Minty. Ooh. Oh. Tell us more. Well, in the year 3000, Space Station Silicon Valley suddenly reappears after being presumed lost in space, after mysteriously vanishing... Seven... Fucking hell! Sorry! <laughs> Sorry, carry on. <laughs> My gob was left thoroughly smacked, but uh, Minty wasn't entirely credulous when it came to some of my announcements too. But for now, I want to talk about the remaining game in my debut GameCube catalogue, which is uh, Star Wars Rogue Squadron 2 Rogue Leader. How is this so low? (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god! Oh, you villain! I had no idea this would engender such a response. Holy shit! (laughs) I'm so upset with you, Jonathan. And his left field, out-of-the-box thinking, was always there to offer a suggestion at how to tackle games that proved a bit tricky for me to overcome, such as Disney's The Lion King. Those goddamn monkeys. Like, oh, Bloody monkeys. Don't know what to do. Don't know what to do. I don't really want to look it up because it feels it doesn't doesn't feel like in the spirit of uh, of playing like a retro game. Mm. But I so I'm, I might give it another go, but yeah. Have you tried simply utilising a banana or similar piece of delicious fruit? <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, that is not one of the options from the... They are uh, unreceptive to fruit. They, Yeah, yeah, beyond bribery. Have you tried blowing your anus up to an unimaginable size <laughs> and painting it a different colour? <laughs> <laughs> As a word of warning, before I try that approach, you may want to unsubscribe from the Instagram channel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
but I don't think anyone can dispute that Minty's all-time highlight came during our incredible Top 100 Countdown finale episode. After three years of partaking in my silly video games quiz section of the show, Chris and Minty went head-to-head in a final round, and despite absolutely bafflingly coming up totally level after, I mean, literally hundreds of questions, I did happen to have a uh, tiebreaker in my back pocket that I pulled out at that moment to present to them. There's a tiebreaker. You're going to take it in turns to name a game from my list. The first person to get one wrong loses. Oh! Chris, to start. <laughs> okay. Name a game. Jurassic Park on the Game Boy. Jurassic Park on the Game Boy, correct. Panzer Dragoon Saga. Panzer Dragoon Saga, correct. Uh, Link's Awakening. Link's Awakening, correct. The Wind Waker. Correct. Hyrule Warriors. Correct. Shining the Holy Ark. Correct. Metroid Prime. Correct. Clockwork Knight 2. Correct. Very good. Lego Harry Potter. Correct. Super Mario Sunshine. Correct. The End is Nigh. Correct. The Witness. Correct. Animal Crossing New Leaf. Correct. Pokemon Gold. Correct. Super Mario Maker. Correct. Super Mario Odyssey. Correct. Pokemon Blue. Correct. Pokemon Ultra Sun. That is correct. I wouldn't be confident. The Pokemons I'm not confident with because I can't remember which ones you chose each time. King's Quest Mask of Eternia. Chris, that's not the name of the game. What's it called? King's Quest Eight: Mask of Eternity. Oh, no. Oh, what a way to go out. But there we go. The winner of the O3C quiz after three years is Minty Booth. Congratulations, Minty. What an absolute moment. I don't have a trophy to give you because I assumed the victory would be enough. That's okay. Your stunned disbelief is more than enough adulation for me. What's that? Majestically cresting the horizon as it makes its way into port. Why, it's the brand new HyperX Armada monitors, mounts, and arms. Both the HyperX Armada 25 and 27 gaming monitors come bundled with the sturdy HyperX Armada mount and arm. If you need every split second of advantage when gaming, the Full HD Armada 25 and its 240Hz refresh rate are for you. If you like to soak in the graphical majesty of your gaming, you'll be eyeing the Quad HD Armada 27 with an 165Hz refresh rate. Set sail for HyperX.com or Amazon.com to start making your display armada. Over to you, Chris. Prior to starting this project, Minty was a name I heard only in conversation with Jonathan in stories of his time in Wales. Jonathan and I grew up together down in the southeast of England, but since university, Jonathan had moved to the west and started his professional life on the other side of the United Kingdom. My first direct contact with Minty was via Super Mario Maker. Early in the fervour of that game's Wii U release, I'd clawed together a small band of Nintendo fans in a Facebook Messenger group, and we'd share our Mario Maker efforts, looking for feedback, attempting to troll one another, or trying to speedrun the group's best creations. Minty was the creator who always seemed to use the Mario 3 toolkit as their starting point, and our conversations probably didn't go much further than nice level or hard jump scrawled onto Miiverse notes via the Wii U's touchpad. Fast forward to now, and I've spoken with Minty for a minimum of an hour a week for some four years. The purpose of this podcast project was always to talk about games, 
But in the paraphrased words of Minty, the real purpose has ended up being the friends we made along the way. The dynamic of this show, certainly in its top 100 list format, has always worked, I think, because a trio of choices unveiled across an episode could be so esoteric. Pull any classic episode from the archive, and the games we brought to the table were consistently disparate, always justifiable, personally, in isolation, but positively oddball when smacked next to each other. Number 46. Final Fantasy VII, Parodius Fantastic Journey, Luigi's Mansion 2. Number 23. Hotline Miami, DuckTales, Heroes of Might and Magic 3. Addendum Episode 1. Disco Zoo, Forza Horizon 4, Quick and Crash. Minty's choices have consistently entertained, whether they be strange flash games that awaken distant memories of ICT Club at school or evening sat on AOL Instant Messenger, modern mobile titles that blur the lines between games and spreadsheets, or expansive JRPGs described without fail in unerring, elegiac detail. What I look for in a game is not always what either Jonathan or Minty do, but Minty's passion for the games that did interest them were always enough to make me think, maybe I do want to give Final Fantasy VI a shot. Or, is it worth adding to the pain of my already RSI-riddled shoulder to try out the incessant clicking of Insan Aquarium? Minty sells games in a way few can or could, and I genuinely believe we'll all be poorer for their absence. If you're this far through the episode, you've already heard the best of Minty Clip Show. There were a ridiculous number of nuggets to choose from. I'm thinking some of Minty's recent political jokes, the grand reveal that Pharaoh on the PC, a game I had literally never heard of, was their 12th favourite of all time, or the round the houses way Minty would hide the games they wished to talk about behind spurious factoids like, it's actually the first Engage game to make it to our lists, in the case of X-Men Legends, running gags about how many weeks play had been taken up by Dragon Quest, Doom, or the Digimon Watch, or any of the abstract stories of the early web we discussed in our Chris and Minty Adventure Month episodes made during the time Jonathan became a father and took a short paternity break from the show. As we've said repeatedly, this isn't a goodbye. We'll get Minty back, perhaps kicking and screaming, but mostly convivial, to take part in specials, to contribute to the website, or just to keep the Digimon Digilove rolling in our Patreon exclusive Discord. Please raise a glass to Clement underscore Boo, our Minty. Here's to you, friend. And now let's hear from the man himself, Mr. Minty Booth. What a lovely start and middle to the episode. I'm very touched by your sweet words, Chris and Jonathan. Thank you. A weird and new future awaits us all. I'm leaving the podcast. The Queen's ghost has fallen out. We've just had a Nintendo Direct that sounds like it was pretty good. I've started recording straight after coming home from work, so I haven't had a chance to watch it yet, but I am aware there is one announcement that I am going to be very happy with. You may notice that I am sounding a little shit at the moment. Last Friday, I spent three hours in a mosh pit the size of most venues I usually see gigs in, and took an entire brick shithouse to the chest. I'm powering on through now with what I think is a broken rib, 
Uh, but I make mention of this not only to explain why I sound like a log, but also because I went to see uh, Machine Head. Now, The Burning Red is one of my favourite albums, the one that I got my hands on at the same time I picked up a copy of Metroid Prime Echoes, which is my sixth favourite video game. In my head, the two are linked so tightly, so completely, that even though I was getting my head bashed into From This Day and The Blackening, I found myself thinking about the plight of the Luminoth and traversing Aether to rout the savaging invaders. Amazing game. Amazing album. Amazing gig as well. And not just because it reminded me of hours sunk into exploring alien worlds with Samus Aran. I don't think I'd have kept the two so connected for this long if I hadn't introduced the level of scrutiny this podcast has necessitated into how I think about games. Over the past few years of doing this podcast, slapping down a few notes on a game or two a week has been a wonderful undertaking that has increased my appreciation for everything that I've talked about. Pinpointing how and why some games, which, whilst not crap, certainly aren't top 100 list material by any stretch of the imagination, but deserve a place anyway, has been a real labour of love and Whilst I never needed to convince myself of a game's deserved spot in my list, I've really loved making each deliberation over placements of certainty just by thinking about how much I've enjoyed them. It's been great to see what Chris and Jonathan used to measure the strength of the games in their lists as well. And further beyond in our What We've Been Playing sections, I love hearing how joyful and animated Jonathan gets how he weaves in some film knowledge and tender stories of time spent with his daughter into his segments, and Chris's deep dives and love for games so outside the mainstream they're jumping around in the grass slowly suffocating. To this day, I still don't know what games he's actually played on the Steam Deck, but I know for damn sure he's got every single one ever made loaded up and running perfectly. Three hosts means three perspectives, three tastes, three opinions, and in unpacking not just what we love, but why we love what we've curated over the past few years has not only given me that aforementioned deep appreciation for all the games in our lists, but for the list makers themselves. I count Jonathan and Chris among my dearest friends, and I really am proud of what we've achieved together. I'd like to leave you with a little behind-the-scenes secret. Not everything makes it to the final edit, and for good reason. There's jokes that fall flat, there's tangents that go nowhere, there's burping, farting, all kinds of shit that nobody wants to hear. I'm going to share with you something that probably only I've noticed and subsequently thought about every single day since. Now, a little disclaimer, I cannot for the life of me remember which episode this was. I've tried looking and it has eluded me, so I apologise for that. It just means that to find my favourite moment from the podcast, you're just going to have to listen to every single one over again until you find it. Jonathan was playing a new Tomb Raider game. And as always, I had a real zinger lined up. Something about, oh yeah, I really love the Tom Brader games. To which Jonathan just then blurted out, Archaeologist! Now, dear listener, I laughed at that so loudly 
that I frightened my wife and I peaked the audio. So until now, you'll never have known that that stands out as one of my favourite individual memories of this show. I still chuckle to myself thinking about it, and I'll still smile to myself when I think about the podcast as a whole for years to come. So you'll be hearing from me soon. You'll be hearing from me sooner if you're in the Discord. But for now, goodbye, everybody. It's been great. So there we go. That was Minty Booth. As you've heard, it's certainly not goodbye forever, so don't be surprised if Minty reappears for bonus episodes, special appearances, video streams, and all lovely things like that. He will continue to be a constant presence on the O3C Discord server, so if you want to stay up to date with Minty's musings, you can get access to the O3C Discord server by becoming a Patreon of the show. Head over to patreon.com slash O3C games and you can get access to a whole range of perks in exchange for a few monies of pledging. Pledging tiers start as low as £4 a month, which is only a pound an episode, and you can get access to a whole bunch of full bonus episodes, deleted scenes and outtakes, bonus video content, and access to the O3C Discord server, where you can join me, Chris, and Minty, our Patreon pantheon, as well as our smorgasbord of special guests from the past few years of special episodes. And starting next season, a brand new Patreon perk you will also get is video counterparts of the episode records, which are uncut and ad-free for an exclusive peek behind the O3C curtain. So if you want to help support us and also help shape the future of the podcast, do please consider subscribing and we will reciprocate that pledging with a whole lovely trunk of delights. If subscribing isn't your bag, then you can also head to our support page on our website, o3c.games support, and you can find easy share links to pimp the podcast and website out to your social media platforms, and also a handy one-off donation button via PayPal. So if you want to chuck some money our way to help keep the podcast running, or just to say thanks very much, please continue, do feel free to insert coin there. There is thankfully a small amount of rest for the Wicked as the pod will be taking a week off next week before starting Season 5. So why not have a browse through our back catalogue of bonus and special episodes, listen to one you haven't heard before or haven't heard in a while, and then rest assured we shall be back and me and Chris will be telling you all about what we've been playing over the missing weeks and we will unveil what Season 5 will have in store. And uh, let me say now, you are in for a heck of a treat. We are so excited to start O3C version 5.0, and we are deeply chuffed to our little cotton booties that you will be there sharing the journey with us. Bye. And now, a word from our sponsor. And now, a word from our sponsor. Need some adventure in your life? What Mad Universe is a podcast where two guys delve into the history of sci-fi, fantasy, and horror, and the impact it's had on pop culture. Everything's the same politically, but we have ray guns. The the actual motive isn't to explore something that's, quote, yeah. scientifically possible. or. But neither is Star Wars, and I know there's Shh. arguments about that, but I would definitely consider Star Wars science fiction. You haven't it's read Dune! You have, no, I haven't. You can never be the Kwisatz Haderach. What Mad Universe on the HyperX Podcast Network. Us. Awesome.
We're the Spirit Hunters, and we're a show that treats Hunter Hunter and Yu Hakusho's author as the center of the universe. Some weeks we do linguistic analysis. The Chinese meaning of this character is to smelt or refine, but so the changed meaning in Japanese it means to temper. Other times, we get absolutely smashed. So we take one shot every time. Yusuke uses the ray gun. One hour later. This is the least coherent episode. Check us out at the HyperX Podcast Network. Hello fans, as part of the HyperX Podcast Network, we're letting you know that this year's HyperX's 20th birthday. To celebrate, they're offering some great deals on their award-winning game of year. If you're in the market for a new headset, a new microphone, blue light, blocking eyewear, or any number of other high... Head on over to HyperX20.com to check out all of their birthday deals. Once again, check out the HyperX 20th birthday sale over at HyperX.com. <laughs>